is up, Doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show, where we discuss the best basketball team on planet Earth. You're watching the Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is February 2nd, 2016, Groundhog's Day. The, the, little, the little rodent did not see its shadow, so there's supposed to be an early spring. How predictable that is. That's up for you to decide. But similarly like Groundhog's Day, like my one of my favorite movies of all time, your Washington Wizards continually do the same thing over and over and over to frustrate all of us that follow this team intently. So with me today is not Needle Ned trying to sell me some insurance or, or comment on my step being a doozy, but just another... Another guy who watches way too much of this basketball team, Mr. John Townsend. John, what is up, bro? What's good, man? What's good? What's good, everybody? Uh, I know Duke Atkinson did not believe uh, that Groundhogs can properly determine whether or not spring comes early or late. Uh, but folks, Tony Phil, he has, he has his opinion, and he says spring's coming out. That's fine. I, I actually presume to see a little bit more snow, uh, but that's for another day because we're here to talk Wizards. Uh, you, you didn't get enough snow in the last the the snowzilla two feet of snow. Uh, how did how did you, you deal with it, it up was, there in New York? It wasn't that bad. I mean, dude, the plows they rolled. I mean, I know DC they had school off for a week uh, plus the Friday the weekend before. I mean, New York got back to work on Monday, so yeah, standard you were, stuff. Yeah, we had we had Monday off. But, I think schools were most most of the time. I mean, I work from home a lot. But but still by like yeah. what, last Wednesday the side roads were still really bad. But there there's your weather report. Yeah. I know I know people love love the weather report. But your Washington okay. Wizards uh, fall fell a game last night in Oklahoma City. They are now twenty one and twenty five on the season. They play tomorrow night on Wednesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. They play the champs are in town. Should be a interesting atmosphere. Really exciting. We kind of already know how that outcome might might go, which will not be in Washington's favor, yeah. predictably. But when I when I mentioned that the that there seems to be the same thing going over and over, I really feel the last three games are, are microcosm or symbolize how the season has gone. You go back to the Denver game last week. They're at home against a team that's not very good on the West. That they should win this game at home. They lose one seventeen to one thirteen. Which was their third in a row. Then they go to Houston over the weekend. You know they play. They beat Houston last year there, but Houston already beat them this year. You would think in Houston the Wizards would probably fall. The Wizards win a thrilling game. Came down to the last couple possessions. A uh, lot of intensity. Very very <laughs> weird game with refs kind of screwing both teams. I thought, uh, and the Wizards pull it out one twenty three to one twenty two. So then they have a day off. They travel to Oklahoma City and to a team. Oklahoma, the Thunder is favored by nine points, and they they handle them pretty well. So here, the Wizards should take care of a team and take care of a team, especially at home. They don't. They win a game on the road, which they maybe shouldn't have. And then when they kind of go up against some tougher competition, they fall, like we saw, like we've seen with the Raptors game previously. The Wizards have now lost four or five games. They have lost six of the six of the last eight games. John. I know you wrote about the, the Oklahoma City, but just go back to what you've seen over this team over the last week and how much this really – how much do you agree with what my take is on – it kind of reminds me of what we've seen thematically throughout the season so far. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's even limited to this season. I feel like that sort of 
state of constant unpredictability uh, has has been something that the Wizards have been stuck in for a while now. Because even you, you can look back to last year and see, uh, you know, you take a five game picture from the season and they would uh, beat a, a bad team like say the Seventy Sixers in a in a close one. Um, they would drop a, a game to a bad team that they were expected to beat, and then the next night, uh, you know, go toe to toe with the LeBron James uh, Miami Heat or you know, beat the Warriors or, or pull something sort of out of their butt that no one expected. Yeah, they won, uh, actually won, even in, they won in Golden State. Yeah, they won in Golden State last year, which people forgot. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> uh, they've, been, they've been doing this, but when you know, when you when you take the ten game blocks and they go four and six in every single one of them, um, you know, they're under five hundred this year. I mean, it's it's not anything that we were not used to as as people who, uh, you know, in your words, watch too many Wizards games. <laughs> yes, too many. Yes, and, and people don't listen to podcasts, and you know, keep listening because we're going to keep doing this. So, what have you seen? How much have the injuries? I feel like it's the ones. I don't want to talk about the injuries so much about the excuses because I feel like so many of these podcasts. I've been talking about the injuries. I've had you on this podcast already this year, so I don't need to. Hey, give me your take on the whole season. That's how I usually start these off with people that are new. But you've been on here before, so we're not going to really go back into an overall assessment of the season so far. I just kind of want to talk about the last week. But how much are the injuries still playing into this in the rotations? Are we just seeing some of the guys get back? You know, Beal is now back. Wearing, Panda, he's wearing a Panda mask. We got Nene back. Mm-hmm. Is there just a little bit of this rust? And maybe there is some hope in the future of this rotation kind of coming to play? Because I feel still feel the rotation's in flux. I mean, you will see Gary Neal not play. Ubre has been buried. We'll get to him later on the yeah. show. But but I still like. Are they still just searching for these right mixes while guys are kind of creeping back? You know, Humphreys has still been out now for. I mean, the sore knee now is going on. I don't know how many games it is. Sixteen, seventeen now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough, and you know, I, I was actually kind of disappointed to see that uh, Don Newman yesterday. Uh, you know, even though he did put Dudley at the four and try to have a starting lineup, that I think most people. Uh, are, are down with, you know, kept Kelly Oubre, as you mentioned, through to the bench for the last, you know, inside the last two minutes of the game. Uh, you know, this is Kenny shooting, you know, he's a rookie, uh, definitely raw, uh, but he, I mean, he's hitting 40 plus percent from three, uh, which is good. I think any time you shoot, uh, above like 42 percent or something like that, um, you sort of add three points. Uh, to your team's point differential. So, I mean, he, he's a guy who could have value off the bench, especially because he's shown himself to be uh, a willing defender. His shot at the rim, you know, I think early in the season, even preseason, you know, he'd, he'd take some drives in there and throw up some crazy thing that would manage to go in. I mean, I think he's still making tough shots, but uh, he's definitely gotten more comfortable as seasons goes on. But, you know, he, he's sort of stuck on the sideline where, uh, you know, on the court is who good in. Gary Neal, Ramon Session, and as Zach Lowe in his, uh, in, in one of his, like, you know, 10 things I like and dislike about the NBA right now, dislikes the Ramon Sessions, Gary Neal backcourt that both Whitman, uh, and Newman seem to sort of like to go with. Um, and it's almost one of the worst two-man units on the Wizards, uh, and they give up 109 points per 100 possessions. So, I mean, it's, it's not a good combo at there, especially when they're, they're one and two guards. Who's that? Um, Sessions and who? Neil? So they, Sessions and Neil? And Neil, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. definitely. And definitely. I, you know, I like, I like Neil, Sessions Neil and Wall, though. I like Sessions and Wall together, though, but Neil definitely. Yeah, and, and, and like over the season, if you, when you talk about plus minus, uh, 
there's a, there's a lineup with Wall, Sessions, um, I think Otto, uh, Dudley, and Gortat um, that has – it might even be the, the Twin Towers, but there's one in there with Sessions and Wall uh, that's actually their best lineup uh, this season. But the, at least the last time I checked it, they'd only played like 40 minutes um, in about like 42 games. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's rotation possibilities out there that just aren't being pursued, whether, you know, it's that gut feeling that everyone likes to coach with, um, or familiarity, or, you know, veteran, you know, just let the veterans go out there and do veteran stuff uh, in a very blue-collar fashion. I mean, it, whatever they're doing isn't working, and, I, and you know, I think Uber is an easy fix to sort of pull off the bench, um, because the Neil Sessions backcourt... It, it hurts you. You know, Sessions, I think, is, is a pretty solid player. He's, he's shown to have gotten better at the rim this season, which is huge, huge for the Wizards. Uh, Neil, despite his, his pretty hot January, also allowed opponents to shoot almost 13% better from the field, 8% better from three. So, you know, it's, it's nice to have his scoring, but if, if he's not hitting that season high number, he's, he's really a net negative and he's been a net negative this, this entire season. So if you had January 28th, 2016, on your square of when the first players only meeting, uh, you have won. You have won, uh, free, uh, free G Wiz, a bobblehead from 19 or <laughs> 2005. I, 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 players only meeting happens after the, so it happens after the Nuggets game. I think that's the most takeaway that that we can get from that aside from them blowing a, a game against, you know, Denver has played well and played better at times, but you know, they're, they were 18 and 18 at the time and the wizards were a 20 and 23 and the wizards were favored. And this, this is a game once again at home, the same theme I've talked about. They have now lost 15 games at home and you know, more than they have all last year. It's the same theme. The defense again, similar refrain, Defense is poor. They're currently ranked 22 defensively in the NBA. You know, they were fifth last year in defensive efficiency. The Denver, they've given up 117 to Denver, 123 to Houston, and 114. The, 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 the efficiency numbers on each of those are sky high compared to what they're actually averaging, and that is 22nd. The players only meeting, John, uh, it, Chris, or Jared Dudley called it a discussion. Bradley Beal said it was a meeting. I guess it kind of helped because they got him a victory in Houston, perhaps. But your thoughts on just the whole notion of the players only, and, and what hmm. was it too early or soon for for this to occur? And what what would you actually win uh, if you had that in your lottery? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it seems like a sad gift, like maybe like a, a fruit basket delivered to your office. Um, you know, I think I think it's a it was a good time. You know, why not? I know that after that, after the loss to the Nuggets, uh, this was like peak hashtag Fire Whitman season. Um, and everyone who, who had said it before, or was just saying it for the first time on Twitter, um, was getting into the mix. I mean, it was, it was a low point of the season. Like you said, the, the Nuggets, um, you know, had been playing a little bit better. You know, they have a lot of young bigs uh, who are pretty impressive. Uh, Gallinari is having a, a, a nice season this year. Uh, but the Wizards, you know, who, who many thought that, you know, they, they'd win 50 games, haven't come close, haven't looked like a team that could even, you know, sniff that. Um, we're still expected to beat the Nuggets, and I think, you know, I, I wrote in, in my preview of that game uh, that if they didn't, that wouldn't change anything about what the Wizards are doing. 
um, or who they are. Whitman is certainly safe. He's not getting fired no matter what. Uh, he may even be around next year because uh, as uh, Ben Mahek, I think the, the Wizard of Oz editor, tweeted today that he's the only NBA coach uh, who has a partially guaranteed contract for next year um, with a team option. Dwayne Casey, he also pointed out, has a team option, but no partially guaranteed contract or guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. Uh, so we might be in for, for some more women going forward. Uh, but, the, you know, what, it, what the players meeting accomplished, maybe the only thing it accomplished was getting uh, Nene and Gortat separated in that opening lineup uh, that had gone 0-2 on the season um, previous to that. So, you know, they, they took the court against the, the Rockets with Dudley at the floor, ended up getting a win. Now, whether that win was somehow inspired by the players' only meeting, I don't think so. Um, the the refs are terrible. Uh, the Wizards probably deserve to lose. Um, you know, no one can stop Harden, and that goes to sort of the big root defensive issue. The Wizards just don't have many good defenders. But uh, you know, Sessions hit two threes in the fourth quarter. Um, pretty good defense played on the last possession Houston had. Uh, you know, congratulations. Sometimes you know Sisyphus is going to push the boulder up the hill. Uh, but the most times, if, if you're looking at the Wizards, uh, it's going to roll back down uh, by the end of the game. So, um, good for them. You know, nice for them to get a win on the road. But then, uh, you know, they, they square off against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, you know, that game ended early. Yeah, first that, quarter. yeah let, let, me, let me finish off Houston before we get to uh, what happened down in, down in Oklahoma. I, I, you, like, like you said, I think he came out of possessions here and there. I thought the Wizards made enough plays. There was a great out of bounds play that they ran with Dudley that kind of put him up four and then Harden got an and one. The Wizards missed a shot and then they played D at the end to, to take out the victory. The earlier thing that, that came into the refs, I, I think Bickerstaff ended up getting suspended for his comments after the game. Howard, I believe got, or, or Bickerstaff, the coach of the Rockets, I, I believe got fined today and Howard got suspended. For something he did to a ref, uh, Nene and him got a tussle in in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Howard basically pushes him. Howard had had a previous technical earlier, so I thought he got ejected, and I actually vined it. And then I was with a buddy, went and got some beer, and I came back, and then it turns out that Nene got ejected and got two technicals. The NBA's explanation later was bizarre. I don't know how Nene just they basically tried to give Nene. Two different technicals on the same play, but then Howard had got one. Uh, then they still afterwards says, "I don't know about that. I don't understand it. Nobody figured out what happened even then." Uh, Nene, but Nene, I thought uh, his comments when he said, uh, "This is this is my Nene quote." When you have two big dudes, of course it's going to be physical, but dirty players are different. When you play dirty, you got to treat them a different way. And I, my Brazilian accent was terrible. I didn't even actually try it. I should have tried my Nene. It's been a little rusty. But pretty much Nene doesn't like Howard. A lot of people don't like Howard. Now, the Rockets are basically saying what Bickerstaff was bitching about is that Dwight gets held and pushed and all this stuff and how he doesn't, he, you know, he gets, doesn't get the benefit of the doubt and the calls go against him. I thought Nene kind of got screwed on that call. I can see maybe a little bit of, of Bickerstaff's gripe on this game a little bit. I don't really watch that many Rockets games to say if, the, if he has something, uh, overarching. Uh, point here. Just what did you see in that little tussle? And I think that Nate does not like Dwight, which I think most of the league does not like Dwight, similar to Blake Griffin. Yeah, I actually thought it was less of a, you know, 
late game scuffle as, as much as it was uh, a game line sort of fight between the two. I mean, these guys were were banging from the, the opening tip. You know, I guess when they didn't start, but uh, when they were on the floor together, they would immediately sort of square off. Uh, you know, elbows were thrown. I, I saw Nene a few occasions sort of, uh, you know, after a shot would go up, grab Howard uh, either by the arm. You know, he, he grabbed Harden's arm too on, on one of Harden's drives to the hoop. Uh, but these guys were, were grabbing, pulling, and, and tugging on the game. And I think was the end, you know, Howard was, for the most part, after his, his early tech, um, pretty civil and, and respectful. Uh, but, yeah, when it just came down to it, you know, there was, there was more fighting, which had, had been going on all game. Uh, some words were, I think, shared. Howard eventually pushed him, which is going to get you that tech. Um, and perhaps the refs realizing that, whether by replay or for some other reason, that uh, they maybe blew the original call or, you know, I think the Wizards were sort of, got the short end of the stick by, by Nene receiving uh, two techs there, uh, a double tech, but you know, I, I, I actually think that them both getting ejected in in the end was fair. In a game that was, again, terribly officiated. Um, I, I thought that was fair, and then you know, the, the big question came down to, uh, would Martin Gortat be able to hand or, handle Clint Capella? He's on the <laughs> you know, better of Gortat. And, and yes, you have, but like, over the, over the game, like, Clint Capella was actually playing pretty well, dominated Gortat in the post a few times, uh, under the rim, looked stronger, seems to be a better athlete, so, you know, there are some questions there, and I think Gortat, um, handled that, you know, essentially buffet tray of, of, uh, attacks there. I mean, it's, it should be pretty straightforward for the, the $60 million man. Um, he did enough, the Wizards just did enough, uh, I mean, the, Rockets had two good looks at uh, at the rim there at the end. Missed both. Uh, one by Harden with his right hand, uh, and one by Josh Smith with his left hand, uh, which is his strong hand, but never the most reliable. Uh, but yeah, they pulled it out, and you know, I, I think you did mention injuries before. Um, you know, there's been an issue, especially you know, having Beal is nice, even if he doesn't think he can be a starter for the rest of the season. Uh, I, I'm just not sure how many games the Wizards have actually lost to injury. Uh, one guy in Wizards Twitter, Kevin Broom, uh, you know, has this metric PPA, and at least according to his calculations, um, the Wizards have only, uh, injuries only cost the Wizards about two games through the first 43. So, you know, injuries is the excuse that's always brought up, um, perhaps mentioned in, in the meeting or talk that they had uh, prior to the Rockets game, you know, I think Dudley was probably like, we have enough talent here to, to win it. We're just, we're not doing what needs to be done. Um, whatever the case, you know, the Wizards have a lot of issues. Defense is big. Uh, but they did, they did that, that Rockets game. I think, I think actually, Nene getting ejected, uh, just because Howard got ejected too was, was the best thing that could have happened for the Wizards because Howard was causing them troubles, uh, making free throws. You know, that's, that's the best place to play they have. Uh, best offensive center they have, you know, monster in the pick and roll. So, um, you know, great play by, by Nene and, you know, similar to what he did against the Bulls in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Howard's issue, or the Rock is that Howard's issue is that he had gotten thrown out of the game in Oklahoma City the night before as well. Again, got into mm-hmm. it with uh, Steven Adams. And that segues me into Oklahoma City, Steven Adams plays for the Thunder, the Wizards go in there, they lose 114-98. to 98. Like I mentioned, the game really was never really close. 
Uh, the Thunder pretty much controlled it throughout. I know you wrote about it on Truth About It about the game. You wrote a game recap. What was your uh, thoughts of that game, and what did you uh, what did you write to the people? Yeah, pretty much when you when you lined up the two teams, the Wizards didn't have a chance. I think that's why. Uh, the Vegas spread was nine and a half points before the game. It's also why some people on, on Twitter thought, you know, and I guess people in the NBA uh, world looked at the nine five spread and said, you know, this could be 14 points. This could be 16 and a half points. This could be 19 and a half points. Uh, no one expected to the, the Wizards be able to hang with the Thunder and they didn't. So um, good job. Everybody predicted, right? Um, yeah, I mean, just outclassed. Uh, Westbrook looked dominant. I mean, he's, I think he scored, um, he was like five for five to start the game. Uh, Durant was, was on fire to start the game. Baco was on fire to start the game. Um, they, early on, so this was in the first quarter, they had 32 points on 15 for 18 shooting. Um, so the Wizards, you know, they were, they were scoring pretty well. It was only a 10 point deficit at the end of the first, um, but it was—it just looked so easy uh, for the Thunder. Uh, so I talked about defense before, and I'll, I'll drop some numbers here. Uh, there are only four players this season who uh, have been plus defenders, quote plus defenders for the Wizards. Uh, the best one's been Nene, and this is based both on uh, defensive box score uh, or defenses defensive box plus minus and defensive field goal percentage. So Nene's been the best uh, with metrics. Gortat is second on the team in both metrics. Um, and then it, it's either John Wall uh, or Otto Porter with Jared Dudley sort of in the conversation as well. Um, Porter's a, a pretty significant uh, negative when it comes to defensive field goal percentage. Um, allows overall almost 6%, uh, allows opponents to shoot about 6% better, 7.1% uh, from three-point range. Um, and... You, know, you, you sort of have to wonder, because there were a few times in the Thunder game where uh, Westbrook's post-ups forced the Wizards to sort of uh, reconsider their strategy, and instead of you know sending one guy, they'd send two guys uh, to try to close down um, and make him move the ball, but they sometimes did this, uh, and the, the consequence of, of doubling um, helped whoever was guarding uh, Westbrook, whether it's John Wall or someone else was leaving guys like Kevin Durant wide open, and that's never a winning strategy. And, you know, it, it was just way too easy for, for their big three. Um, you know, John, John Wall played okay, looked awful defensively, you know, just not in the same in the same class as, as Westbrook, uh, who was dominant all game, triple-doubled. Um, he yeah, had a I mean, triple-double after three quarters. He had a triple-double after three quarters, too, Westbrook did. He did, yeah. He, he finished with was, 17, was easy for everybody. 17 points, 11 assists, 13 rebounds. He even had a Euro step move on John Wall. Oh, on Wall? Yeah, yeah that was ridiculous. Nasty. And, the, and even, I think, Kyle vined it and said, you know, they're yo yoing where, where Westbrook had got the steal, had the fast break. Wall was behind him a little bit, and Westbrook could have gone up for a dog. Instead, he just kind of slowed down yeah. and, and, and found a, a trailer, Kevin Durant, for a jam. and For the you know, two-handed jam, yeah. yeah it, Ab- and Ab- that's Ab- the story all the game. I didn't even think Durant even played that well. I thought, I thought, I mean, obviously he had 28 points. I shouldn't say he didn't play that well, but yeah. he, he got a technical. He was bitching at the refs a lot. I, I thought his defense, like Wall block, Wall had a really good block on him. Wall 
a steal mm-hmm. stole from a couple of times one time and, a, and he also had a really good finish on the break but yes it just seemed like the thunder just moved the ball around and, and pretty much dictated the pace and that has been i think the troubling part of hey yeah you give up points and other teams make shots right i mean i'm not going to say it's a miss or make league like randy whitman likes to oversimplify sometimes but hey you know some guys get hot especially when you got two of the best players in the world but it was just like the other guys, like Enos Cantor is getting 14 points, and Deion Waiters is making shots, and Steven Adams is, is scrapping in there, and they're just, they're, there was just no cohesiveness on the defensive end, especially when you thought they had a day off, and are they going to finally find their identity? And it just seemed like, okay, we're just going to try to outscore these guys, and they just don't have the firepower. Yeah. Well, they don't have the firepower now, especially with Beal off the bench. You know, not playing heavy minutes like you mentioned, and he's kind of he's kind of still kind of coming back a little bit from his from his broken nose. I, he did have a couple of moves here and there. Nene probably had the worst game that I've seen. Yeah, him. he was pretty good. Nene had one of the worst, Nene had one of the worst games I've seen out of him in a while. And and, and there's yeah. you know and Wall you know Wall played good offensively, but you know he needs a lot of his defense to get going, and that just didn't didn't happen. What now? Now the the whole today there was a Woj bomb. Okay, a Woj bomb, uh, Wojnowski of now Yahoo, the inter, the, what was the name of their new site? The Vertical. The Vertical, yes, the Vertical Michael Lee, former Washington Post, uh, works there, uh, and I listen to some of their new podcasts. Not too bad. You know, you should listen to mine first before you go listen to that. Uh, they have some good guests. They have some more juice than us, but you know, we, we'll keep it real here, uh, for, for the Wiz fans. And there was the headline, uh, let's just read it. Sources, Warriors sign. Seri- or Warriors serious threat to sign Kevin Durant. Golden State's plan for plan and pursuit predates their championship run. A bold plot, blah 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 blah. The truth, the most intriguing destination for Kevin Durant is if he leaves the Thunder's, the Warriors are the significant in italics front runners to sign him. League sources told the Vertical. I know that Wizards fans are not going to like this KD. Uh, mentioned, and I think I've now mentioned Katie more than, than I, than I say that I would, or, or I'm embracing the Katie to DC topic more than I, I'll, I'll say like, hey, I don't want to talk about Kevin Durant to DC, and then I end up talking about every podcast. So, uh, but we just played Kevin Durant. This news just broke. This is a topic. How, let's just, before we go to the DC angle, how, how much do you actually buy the, the Kevin Durant to the Warriors and, how much would this really make sense uh, for either team, and why would he leave Westbrook? And if he's going to win a title, you know how much hammered uh, LeBron James got to leave to go with Wade. Why wouldn't he just stay with Westbrook instead? Yeah, and Westbrook's obviously the the best point guard in the NBA, not named Steph Curry. Um, you know, I I I think going to the Warriors makes sense because they're just. Uh, sort of an exemplary franchise in the NBA right now. Um, you know, when you talk about the, the class and the just the all-around uh, high grade that they get and the high scores they get across all categories, and they've got two of the best young guards in the NBA, uh, clearly the best backcourt. Uh, Wizards, I mean, technically they're not even a backcourt deal in wall. Um, so I don't know if they're in the top five. Um, you know, the Warriors are a team you, you definitely want to play for. No matter who you are, and you know, it wouldn't surprise if, if Durant ultimately lands there. Uh, I, per, you know, I, I think he's probably going to do one more year in in OKC. They're having a really good season. Um, you know, I think they're starting to figure out their identity and roles. 
Uh, you know, like you talked about, there's been some people, Robertson, uh, Tanner looking better. Uh, you know, they're, they're a team that some people had winning the, the title this season and, and, you know, they're looking dangerous enough. Obviously it's, it's tough to beat, uh, the Warriors over seven games, no matter when you play them. Um, yeah, yeah, but I feel like they're right there beyond the, the Warriors and the Spurs. Right. Yeah, they are. I mean, so, you know, he's, he's a pretty loyal guy. I know that, um, you know, stuck with the franchise a long time. Is always like Oklahoma City's me. Um, you know, this is my team, even though, you know, Westbrook might be better than he is. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I think a lot of noise was, was made for nothing because this, those definitely reports and whispers that Durant, um, you know, was looking at Golden State as a potential landing, uh, spot where he'd leave Oklahoma City. Um, so I don't know if this is, you know, any stronger indication or whether it's, um, you know, driving pretty good traffic to the vertical. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a storyline that's, that's been talked about and will certainly continue to get talked about. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still too early to tell. I think the one thing for sure is that Kevin Durant's not coming to DC anytime soon. Um, we'll, 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 think, we'll, we'll hold that yeah. thought. We'll get that. The other interesting angle I thought of the article was, is how he kind of mentioned Durant's possible location to, to, to be swapped for Blake Griffin. That now with, with Griffin's trouble in LA, the teams are now contacting the Clippers on possible trades for Blake Griffin. They report the Doc Rivers wants to play the year out instead before he decides, but how much would a Durant big three with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan? And the angle is if OKC is going to lose Kevin Durant for nothing, why don't do a sign and trade at the last moment, bring back Blake Griffin, who is an Oklahoma David star start. It was an OU sooner mm-hmm. uh, from, from the yeah. area. And that kind of makes sense in the sense of if I'm going to lose somebody. Why not get a Blake Griffin back? And then the Clippers would have, you know, Durant would be in LA. I know he, I know he works out there a lot with, with John Wall uh, as well. What do you see of the, what are the possibilities on that you see? And does that just work too smoothly for, for all parties? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like that, that deal. I'm, I'm sort of picturing both teams there. I think, I think the Thunder would obviously like it more if, uh, Griffin would start shooting the three pointer. Um, you know, he, he's a really good mid-range shooter, even a good long-range two-shooter. Um, has all the post moves. Not the best defender, but you know, a, a great physical athlete. Um, he's got some pretty good footwork. Um, you know, if he could shoot the three, then I think it's it's a deal that um, OKC would definitely be happy about. Um, considering you know past criticism of you know not doing well enough uh, to keep Harden around uh, or get enough back for Harden. Um, you know, and obviously, if you have Chris Paul, Durant, and, uh, DeAndre Jordan as sort of a, a core to fill pieces around, that's pretty damn nice, too. Well, well, mentioned in the article, it said, outside of those well-known suitors, Washington, Houston, and Miami. So Washington does get a mention in the article. So, so there is, you know, a little, a little positive, little positive pixels there to take a, take, you know, solace in. You say you're still negative that this is not this Kevin Durant thing is not happening to DC. That's not coming home. Why? Why is that? Why are you so sour? There's just no reason why a professional athlete in their prime um, would choose to come to DC when they could go. Especially, you know, uh, we're not talking a role player who's like 27 uh, and looking for that you know, middle-level contract. We're talking about one of the best shooters, uh, you know, probably in NBA history, one of the best shooters in the league right now. I mean, he's two-time 
um, or is it three times scoring champ? Uh, why would he come to play with the Wizards? You know, they the Wizards came into the game against the Thunder ranked thirtieth against Western teams in points allowed per game. Uh, they they now are still in last place against the West, allowing one hundred nine point eight points per game against Western Conference teams. Uh, they're bottom of the league in field goal percentage allowed uh, to West Conference teams, forty eight point seven percent. Uh, they have the highest three point percentage against them against Western Conference, Conference teams, uh, 43.4%. Uh, they are last in the league in, in three point defense overall against both conferences. Uh, so, you know, I think it was, it was nice for the Wizards to get that, that future Hall of Famer in, say, Paul Pierce last year. Um, but everyone should also note that he dipped out pretty quickly. Uh, so while it's like a, it's, you know, people like to talk about it, DC as a marketable city and it is, uh, but it's certainly not a free agent destination. And well, Pierce you know, went home, to, it, but, but Pierce went home to, to, to be back yeah, in LA, right? He's, so, so he's, he's not his home? prime. <laughs> he's not his prime. He's, he's like a journeyman who is, you know, who still has enough stuff in the tank, but you know, he's not a guy looking to, to chase rings. Yeah. So like, cool. You know, he came. He's he's going home in LA, uh, but he's like what thirty eight or something, thirty seven, thirty six, thirty five, whatever it is. He's not a twenty seven year old, you know, ready to truly really show the world what's what. So um, you, you same reason why you don't think there's any lore of bringing a title home to your hometown with your grandma, your brother, your mom, your aunt, uncles, all your homeboys. You know this town that you're a huge Redskins fan. You, you don't think there's he doesn't have any type of lore for that, or you think it's just and John Wall playing with a you know a legit all star, that that doesn't entice him in any, in any in any capacity, or is that just wishful thinking from Wizards fans and DC media types? I, th- I think it's it's mostly wishful thinking. Uh, you know, Wall is great, but if you're a guy like Kevin Durant who can play for any team in the world, uh, I don't I don't know why. You know, the the sure is there, but. Um, you know, championships are not guaranteed. Remember, even LeBron, when he went and formed his super team in Miami, counted off all the titles they would rent, they would win. Not one, not two, not three, not four. He got to seven. I think Bosch and, and Wade were like, yo, man, like, just shut up. That was uh, you know, he went, he I thought that was, I thought that was worse than the decision, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, he sort of turned, he sort of turned into a villain. Uh, you know, they, they got two championships, which is great. You know, they went to four, didn't do it. Looked, you know, pretty, pretty outmatched in, in the one against the, the Spurs, uh, the most recent one. And then as soon as he realized that Wade was getting old, um, he dipped out. And he went back to the people who, uh, you know, a few years earlier were burning his jersey. Uh, and now he's sort of the, the people's champion in Cleveland. So, I mean, that's cool. Good for him. Um, but again, you know, if he hadn't been drafted by Cleveland and bit there first, uh, and hadn't won titles yet, you know, Durant hasn't. I don't know if he'd be running to, to Cleveland to, to try to set up shop there. Uh, so I think there's a lot of things that, you know, these people aren't guys choosing summer camps, you know, close to home, um, or even colleges. You know, they're, they're trying to win titles in DC, you know, had that one in 78, uh, you know, bullets fever, but not a lot of, of serious production since then. Oh, I, 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 I just don't see the, I don't see the draw. No, I totally agree. If LeBron doesn't go back to Cleveland, that this speculation would be a tenth of what it is, aside from us locally. 
you know, just wishful think, you know, just having some, oh, hey, you know, everyone, because everyone wants a great free agent to play for them. And, oh, hey, he's from hometown. And, hey, he wears Washington Redskins, goes to the games. He's boys with, with local guys. He, you know, lives in Arlington and works out. He's at Berry Farm in the summer. You know, he hangs out with all his family. That there, Of course, when that great player is going to be a free agent or close to be a free agent, there would be some type of chatter for him locally. I think the LeBron decision to go back to Cleveland, they now made this where they've been asking about this for, what, three years now? <laughs> and that's that's why yeah. they put a band on also, <laughs> Right. Also remember, LeBron was drafted by Cleveland. It's been a bunch of years there. So that's true, uh, too. That's more of a natural, like, going home. You know, Durant has never – he didn't even go to college – uh, at Georgetown or George Washington, you know, of yeah. course he wouldn't, but uh, he didn't go to Maryland. He didn't go to anything East Coast. He's like, you know what? I'm going to turn down UConn even and go play uh, for Rick Barnes in Texas. What? Yeah. And then sticks around. Like, he went to Seattle, no complaints. Franchise got moved, no complaints. I mean, he's not, you know, home is cool. Home will always be there. Uh, you know, this opportunity to play along, uh, alongside Steph Curry, Clay Thompson perhaps, and, and people in, uh, in uh, Golden State, that's nice. You know, the Lakers have been thrown out. Um, Durant's a guy who who can get a franchise to build a team around him. And I don't know if if if, if he were to come to to DC, he would trust. You know, having come from Oklahoma City Thunder, um, you know, would he trust the management? Would management give him the same power that LeBron got in Cleveland and still has? I mean, he he chose his entire roster, top to bottom. Um, every play on them has his has his you know approval and not of approval. Um, you know, he got black fired even though he denies it. Uh, I don't think Durant would get away with half that stuff. Um, have liberty to to do that stuff. I'm sure they would consult him because you always consult your best player, um, and he would be even with John Wall on the team. But I, I don't think he would get that sort of freedom. Uh, what if what if so, Kevin Durant came in and they said you can pick your coach and who you'd want to coach? Because that is a nice segue into Randy Whitman. First, I want to give my con- condolences to Whitman and his family. I know you don't listen to this podcast, but his brother passed tragically the weekend. After they beat, they beat Houston, he was very emotional and choked up uh, over that. That's why Don Newman is now coaching. Uh, he coached in Oklahoma City and is going to coach against the Warriors. How much into – now, you mentioned about how the Whitman – chatter had started. I talked about Ben Standig. I had seen him more online than ever before. And now there's the reason I, the reason I'm even okaying with this conversation is that, you know, we're past the halfway mark. I can't say it's a slow start. I can't say, I can't blame it all on injuries because guys have came back here and there. This team is underachieved. The defense has fallen off the cliff. Like there's legitimate points to be made. How much, I know where you stand on Remy Whitman. Tell the people why you stand on Remy Whitman. And if you would want to make a change, would you want to make one now? Because I think I'd be against it because I don't know who they would find to replace it. But then how conducive would you be be open to if they would get Kevin Durant to say, hey, you know, pick your own coach? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Whitman because he took a team that didn't play any defense, uh, you know, Turn them into a respectable unit uh, that you know in the right matchups surprised a lot of people, including people uh, you know in DC and around the DC area uh, nationally as well. Uh, in the postseason, I mean, he's one of the better postseason records uh, in the history of the NBA. You know, small sample size theater uh, in part, but he did a really good job um, until he didn't anymore. And it's it seems like uh, his offensive system, you know, his 
uh, yearning to play Nick or talk together, even though every single metric, um, in, and also the eye test show that it's not a good call. The players don't like it. Uh, <clears throat> they're you know, open, they're open against it, right? I mean, Delhi was openly saying, yeah. him and Wall were, that, were yeah. saying, like, what the hell's going on, essentially. Right. So I just think, you know, it's, it's not that he, uh, is a bad coach. I mean, he's a better coach than some guys who are coaching in the NBA right now. Um, but I, th- I think when you look around and you see, you know, uh, Kevin McHale, uh, got fired early in the season. Jeff Hornacek has gone. Um, coaches are sort of, you know, teams are making coaches left and right. Um, some of those have been improvements. Like Mike Malone, a lot of people were, were sort of bummed that he got released, uh, in Sacramento, but he's found a really nice spot. But in Denver and doing a really good job there. I mean, he's starting um, some first-year big men, second-year big men. Uh, so, you know, having trust in, in the players, which is something that women hasn't had. Uh, I, I think it's uh, – I forget the name of their, their big man right now, but he's averaging more minutes than both Otto uh, and Kelly Oubre did in their first, I think, you know, for Oubre, obviously, this season as rookie. Um, Otto, his first two seasons, I mean, there's a first-year big man playing in Denver – uh, well, so he seems to be Nicole, a Nicole, coach, Nicole, Nicole, Jokic, 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 yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, the, the, I think there's a better sort of relationship between, um, and maybe for player development or, or more trust in just recognizing talent when it's there. Um, so would you I mean, would, I, I would, think, would you yeah. fire women right now? I know you wrote that the other day. Are, are, there's no, there's no, there's no point. Yeah, I, th- there's I no think no point, right? I don't think he should have been extended when they did extend him. Uh, but a deal's a deal, and for a businessman like Ted Leonsis, I mean, that's nice. He's only getting paid $3 million a year, so for any franchise, that's nice. Um, but I, I just don't think he's the guy to take the franchise to that, you know, on that next step, um, where they could be. You know, it, when you look at what John Wall is doing, he does all stuff for the third year in a row, or also weekend for the third year in a row. Um, you know, it's sort of very good seasons being wasted, uh, by a point guard who has been in the league a bunch of years. And it's kind of a shame. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I would have given him a contract extension to begin with. I also don't see any sense in firing him right now. Um, Just let this season play yeah, out Don and, Newman, and then replace him. Don, Don the Newman, yeah. Don Newman put out put out the rotation the players wanted. But then after the starting lineup, you know, Don Newman criticized him. He was like, I were pretty much, you know, paraphrasing here, but was like, our rotations against the Thunder were whack and we couldn't rebound for anything. And they got, they got crushed on the boards. Um, so when a guy like... Dudley, who's sort of been outspoken and candid for much of the season, um, you know, has a, the interim coach step in uh, during Whitman's um, sort of, you know, moments away from the, the team uh, for unfortunate reasons. Uh, you have Dudley sort of roasting the guy who steps in to coach the team. You know, that's not a good sign. So, um, and that sort of confirms or at least suggests that the reports earlier from Brian Windhorst for the ESPN, who joined Zach Lowe on the, the Low Post podcast, um, that there's sort of this like talk around the league uh, that the Wizards' assistant coaches um, are some of the worst in the association. So you know, keep winning out for the season. I, I just think at some point um, the Wizards are going to have to to get away from that, and I think the sooner the better. Uh, especially since they're not playing defense. You know, it's it's personnel issues partly, um, but when the team isn't playing defense anymore, and that's supposed to be women's greatest offering. Um, you know, it's it's time for a change. Obviously, if going back to Durant, uh, if he were willing to come to DC with the power to you know take his own coach, um, I think you'd probably see other teams allowing him that freedom too. Uh, 
so yeah, if Durant can pick his own coach and decides to come here, then awesome. Obviously, I'd be pumped. Uh, but the chances of him in DC are, are just very, very small. You mentioned that before the season, you know, my feelings for that are even stronger now. You, it's you, not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, plenty more time to talk about that. Uh, you mentioned John's was selected. This is last time on this podcast. He was selected to his third straight All Star game. There was a little, a little mini doubt that he would get picked, maybe get passed over. He did not. Deserving All Star John, did you? I know we're biased, but I thought for sure he belonged on the team. I think so, and I mean he's he's a guy who, uh, for years now, has been clearly the best player on the Wizards. Um, you know, looking better every single year. Uh, you know, turnovers are definitely up this year, and that's been weird. But um, yeah, I think I think he's a guy who's even better in some ways than he was last year. He, I mean, he's using screens a little bit better. Some of the passes he throws uh, are just ridiculous, and his th- you know his three point was you know regressed a season or two ago when everyone said, oh, we'll never be able to shoot. Um, I mean, his mechanics from range look better than they ever have. Uh, you know, across the top of the, the three-point arc, um, you know, on the, the left side above the break, um, it's actually his worst spot from three. You know, tough one to go to, 27.8%. Um, so clearly it's like 7% lower than the, the league average, but a step into that, he's shooting 50%, um, just under 50% from that long two range. So I feel like, you know, it could be just a little inconsistency, inconsistency there, maybe just a favorite spot elsewhere on the floor. But around the arc, uh, above the break, directly above the break, he's shooting 38.5% from three um, on a ton of attempts. Uh, and his favorite spot is to the right of that. So the right uh, three-point line, he's shooting 38.9% on 72 attempts. So, I mean, this is a, a point guard who um, is one of the Wizards' plus defenders on the season, uh, holding team you know opponents under the season averages. Uh, generally playing good defense, had some lapses like all players do. Um, but he's shooting better from three, passing still there, leading the team, carrying the team. You know, if, if Walt doesn't play well, uh, the Wizards have no shot. Uh, and you know, he's, he's up there in, in double doubles too. Um, I think he's like currently ranked fifth. Uh, so he, I mean, he's producing every game at, at very minimum, like 20 some points a game. So. Uh, w deserving All Star and and you know like a guy who's probably underappreciated league wide. Yeah, he he's third in total assists with 450, and he's uh, tied for fourth in steals at 96. Uh, and yes, he's been he's been phenomenal. You know, obviously we've been well documented about a slow start, but I don't know. You're right. I mean, this team 20 and 21, 21 25. I don't know where they'd be without him. Probably definitely going for Ben Simmons, which some people. Uh, want want to happen, John? So the upcoming schedule before the All Star break. Before we let you go, because we're going to keep this on schedule. They play the Golden State Warriors at home, uh, Philly at home, at Charlotte, at the Knicks, at the Bucks. These are the five games before the All Star break, where they have that long break. Even though obviously this they'll they'll be past they'll they'll be playing fifty one games. So they will be ten games past the halfway mark. So technically they're what is that sixty sixty five percent. What of the season? What what should we really expect out of these next five games? I mean, do you see? I keep slivers of optimism. Beal coming back now, getting in the groove, rotation getting set. Hopefully, you know the, uh, they'll bench they'll bench Neil and <laughs> they'll bench Neil and Gooden and play Ubre more. I think Otto has shown some flashes of consistency here and there. 
what can I hope do you see before the All-Star break? And how important are these five games? Or do they really need to just kind of start feasting on these bottom teams like Philly, like Milwaukee? And, and, and Charlotte and the Knicks, they, they're going to be going up against them to sneak into the playoffs there. Yeah, I think I just, I'm going to go with the season average and just say that they'll win, you know, two, maybe three of those games. Um, definitely under the All-Star weekend and big All-Star break under 500. I mean, oh God, man. The, the game against Golden State tomorrow is going to be super ugly. Uh, it's obviously one of the, the best three-point shooting teams in NBA history. Because uh, it's not just Clay and Steph. Um, Andre Godala is shooting like better than 38% from three. Um, around the, around the, around the team, around the roster, I mean, there's like seven, eight guys, I think, um, who can shoot at a respectable percentage from three, which is really bad news when the Wizards are the worst three point defense, are the worst three point defense. Um, it's at one point this season, like a historically bad three point defense. They're going to get torched and it's going to get, it's going to be really ugly. Uh, but I think they can, they can beat the Sixers. Um, so that's cool. Uh, they can probably <laughs> beat the Bucks. Yeah, right. Uh, they can beat the Bucks. Knicks will be interesting. Um, Porzingis is a uh, is a guy that everyone loves. It'll be interesting to see who they throw at him. Uh, Dudley, I think, is too small. Um, so that'll that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. Uh, and then the Hornets. You know, if if Kemba Walker is probably going to miss tomorrow's game against the Cavs, is out. Uh, I think the Wizards could could take that one. Uh, but Jerry Millett's played pretty well. Um, the Hornets don't seem to be as good as they have been in the past, but Walker's playing well, and, and he'll be a game changer if he can suit up. No, I mean, definitely Gold State's probably lost, and then of the next four, they got to win three. If they if they go into the break on a two and three, or God forbid, one and four, drop the three road games, this could get really out of hand, and they kind of just need to keep on trying to trade You know? <laughs> I I don't, I don't know where it really like can can go down from here. I think you know they won't be making the playoffs. Then fine. Uh, the question becomes like do the Wizards tank. Um, I don't think so at all. I I, I don't think I don't think it's like it's going to be too ugly. It's it's pretty ugly as it is. I know Ben Standing was on one hundred six seven the fan today, uh, and he was like, I don't know how this is possible. But the team actually looks worse now than it did at the beginning of the season. Um, Sandy, you know, traditionally has been a guy who uh, is, is more of an optimist than say they than say I am. Um, he was a, comes to the previous the previous race, guest but. on the Pixel Auto Show, Ben Standig. They, they didn't let so me on. Yeah, listen to it; it's good stuff. Um, I, I think I think the big shame and the big loss uh, for the Wizards is is Beal. Um, I know he had a quote. Uh, what month was it? It was in in mid January, um, and I think Jorge Castillo of the Post asked him sort of what his, his future prospects are. I mean, he's a guy who uh, has been talked about as a guy who will get the next max contract from the Wizards. Um, Beal you know, said that his body doesn't listen to him, uh, so he's just going to have to take care of it, be smart about it, uh, moving forward through the rest of his career. Um, you know, feels like injuries are something that's going to happen every year, and it just seems like he's a guy that the Wizards drafted to be that star next to all, and it seems like now because of injuries and just because, you know, perhaps circumstances you couldn't control. I know we played some heavy minutes. I don't think it, I think it's perhaps unfair to, to blame the team for that, but um, he seems like sort of a bench scorer, uh, a much, much better Gary Neal, an Eric Gordon type, um, more than like a, a star next to Wall. So 
Honestly, that, that, I think out of everything, that's, that's a big bummer in the season. Yeah, well, I'm going to end it on a positive note. I, I still, I still believe, and I continually, I continually reemphasize, emphasize, reinforce. <laughs> I need a combination of both of those. Uh, yeah, it's great, great for someone that's trying to talk for people to listen. But yes, I continually, <laughs> yeah. I, I continually uh, reinforce this notion that this team can get healthy. They're currently still four games out of the fifth spot in the loss column. They're still three games out of the sixth spot. Get in, sneak in there, get, get a rotation set. Beal and Wall can do their thing for a month and a month and a half, five, six weeks. Playoff Randy maybe can sprinkle some fairy dust again. They can get into those playoffs and, you know, some of those old legs, you know, like an NA, like a Gooden. You know, maybe we can get Ellen Anderson back and, you know, get, have a Gary Neal game here and there that something can really, some magic can happen where they, they got a shot. Now, how, what's the likelihood of that? Stats are saying that this is probably very unlikely, but I still think there's a shot. I didn't think they'd sweep the Raptors last year. I didn't think they'd beat the Bulls in four to one, you know, in five games. So there's still a shot. There's still some hope. The schedule gets a lot better. And I think that that is probably the only thing that that makes this have any type of meat to its bones. But like we've mentioned, who knows how the Wizards will actually play against bad teams because as we've seen, especially at home, they have not de- taken care of business uh, as they should. John, thank right, you so much. Like, yeah, I guess last point, last thoughts for me is that, you know, the, the schedule probably does get eased with, with the strength of schedule. Uh, but the Wizards also have a lot of games to play. They're a little bit behind some of the other teams in the league. Um, so there's going to be more games there. Uh, more games to lose potentially. Um, you know, interesting in playoffs. And I guess you know my my main takeaway was that basketball is about matchups. Uh, obviously, had some great ones against the Bulls uh, and Toronto last season. Even pretty good matchup against the Hawks until Wall got injured. So you know, if they do sort of overcome the odds, which are greatly stacked against them, and make the playoffs and get matched up against the right team. You know, wouldn't wouldn't shock me if if even these wizards got to the second round. Um, but I don't think they can get past there. They just don't. They don't. They don't look good on either side. Well, look, look, look at so, this. Yeah, yeah, but I've talked to you into it. Look at this. I'm, I'm I'm bringing so much positive pixels that that I've turned you. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's the huge the huge note that that you know right now that I think they have like a sixteen point one percent chance of making the, the playoffs. Uh, they may have also been before last night's blowout loss to the what's, what's first. The percentage? So what's the percentage? The last time I, I saw it, it was 16.1. 16? Uh, yeah, 16. Oh, but that was before the loss. That was before the loss. All right, baby, I'm riding that 16. Yeah. I'm riding it. I'm going to ride it all the way <laughs> yeah. to April. I think Dudley says all right. we don't get better April 15th. He had some great quote. I was like, oh, that's actual tax day, too. I'll be going home on April 15th or something. It was a pretty good quote. But, John, thank you so much for joining me, dude. We stayed on schedule somewhat, probably the, probably the quickest we've ever done this. Uh, I appreciate you for coming on. I know you're going to India. That sounds pretty awesome. So, so I, yeah, I it you'll, be, you'll be checking uh, checking in on the Wiz over there uh, across, the, across, the, across the globe. All right, cool. Well, yeah, hey, got to. I, got to check the scores. All right, cool, man. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, thanks. Thanks once again for, for your support. I will be at the Verizon Center uh, live in person covering the game tomorrow. It is the year of the monkey. There will be surpri- uh, the, the new China Chinese New Year. There will be a celebration for the Golden State. How much celebration Draymond Green and Steph Curry 
uh, are doing well. We can kind of predict or foreshadow probably a lot, but I plan Thanks on ha- <laughs> I plan on having another podcast to recap my whole experience because it's kind of like the Beatles and the Stones coming to town, or or you know, Coldplay or or else more more LCD sound system and is in Radiohead for for my taste. But but uh, uh, thank you once again, and as always, go with. You, babe.